Hello, everybody. This is Michael. I just want to really hammer home the fact that this is not exactly what you'd call a family-friendly episode. So, if you're a casual listener and you don't necessarily want to get into the nitty-gritty of Chub Chaser sex, uh, maybe skip the Valentine's episodes. We'll be back next week with our regular scheduled programming. Thank you. Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about things that are weighing on our minds. We're back with part two of our Valentine's Day episode, and we're picking up where we left off. Enjoy. (laughs) So I actually, now that we're here, I figure we may as well just get into it and talk about all of it. Like, I think this guy actually wants like a list of ideas, Um, and it can be a little... (laughs) <laughs> a little uncomfortable oh my but you know like oh, screw it like we're on, here let's sit I'm down clutching my pearls over let's here. talk <laughs> sex up. and i'm definitely re-recording the intro so that we can 100 percent warn off my family from listening <laughs> to this. um let's get into it yeah like i think there's there the, not everybody's into the same things obviously mm-hmm. um not everybody's into anal or whatever but if you want to talk about ideas i think understanding a uh talking about what you're into before you get to that point i yes if what you're into are particular acts sure some some people are kind of more freestyle or and and what you're not into i mean that can be a a very good uh, conversation to have ahead of time Um, and also just keeping really aware of of the cues that you're getting from from the person that you're with like it's not always going to be a verbal thing of saying the words yes that's good no that's bad yeah in fact i think if you get to the point where your partner is saying words yeah you probably haven't been listening yeah or watching yeah because it, it's all in it's in the breathing it's in the eyes and sometimes like i've been with a guy and he's having a really good time but i didn't know that <laughs> i thought he was in pain oh and, and I, <laughs> he's having this really good time i'm like are you okay he goes yeah so okay i'm gonna keep going Good to know the green light like and that's an example of where like you want to use your verbal to check in or to set really big really big boundaries like are we going to do anal are we not going to do it sure. that, that shouldn't be something yeah. you discover i think right. we're going to do a ringtone of dan just saying yeah yeah <laughs> yeah by the end of I this can just episode. let you use mine <laughs> so um in my experience if uh you're going to be a big guy bottoming, uh, it's, it can be a lot easier to start that uh, doggy style if we're just getting straight to it, right? Um, it gives you a level of measure of control. Like if you have to sort of lean forward, slow it down. Um, and it's, I think it's one of the more sort of comfortable positions to just get going and then you can change it up if you want. And would you say that doggy style probably gives the bottom the most control or maybe but, lower it or, or just lowering down onto a onto a lying torso. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, if, if, if it's, if it's in the cards and they're riding on top, I'd say that gives them the most control, but that's frequently not. I, I would say that's an example of something that probably isn't going to happen. Because big, big boys guy. are not, not always so great at lowering. Yeah. It, and so, so much depends on the person's build and yeah. if they have back issues or knee issues or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, using pillows to balance things or to adjust heights and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I've, I mean, I haven't used it personally, but I've heard from a number of fat boys that it's, that a sling is incredibly comfortable and you can adjust the height and there's no strain on the back if you're the fat guy bottoming. And we should say, 
do not assume that all fat guys. Right. Bottom. Yeah. I was going to say that too. That's not always going to be the case. And uh, this is, again, this is sort of going to be very specific advice, but also very generalized. It just is going to vary depending on who you are and who your partner is and yeah. what you're into. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend of mine who said, it's not that most fat guys are bottoms, that most guys are bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I will yeah. say for, a f- I don't know if you have the same experience, but like a fat person topping, I find it's easier to be on, on, on your back going up. It's just, it's an easier access. It, that's all I'm going to generally do. who's yeah. on their back. Uh, the fat guy. Okay. Yeah. And who's depe- on first <laughs> and depending what? on, the, well, and depending on the build, I know a lot of chasers and a lot of, especially a lot of, um, uh, a lot of fat guys love having their belly on the hips of the slim chaser, that that's really an erotic visual for them as well. Mm-hmm. So that, and, but that really depends on how you're built. If you're, if you're the fat guy and you have a big belly that works, if you're distributed a little differently, that may not be, that may not be a winner for you. Sure. And I think that, that sort of opens up the door to like what parts of your body you're comfortable with and what sort of turns you on Mm -hmm. or you're the other guy that you're with. Um, and Dan, you had mentioned that you have like an exercise that people can do. Yeah. So this is particularly for the people who are uncomfortable. They know they're uncomfortable with parts of their body but they don't want to exclude themselves from sex. Like they don't want to shut themselves up in a, in a monastery. So, you know, how, how do you have any sort of uh, control over what's going on? And one thing you can do is take the person's hand. And again, you know, it could be the chaser with the body issue, by the way, that's, mm, that's not, absolutely. Uncommon. That's not uncommon. Yeah. But let's say you're the person with the body issue, take the other person's hand and place it on your body in a place, you know, you're comfortable. And then you can take them on a tour of your body. And I don't mean that you're going to show them the forbidden or that you're going to keep them away from the forbidden zone, but rather it's for you to give yourself control over where and how fast they get there. So that if there are places where, you know, you know, it's a dangerous spot for you, but you, you know, you want to experimentally, you want to push yourself a little, then you can take them there and they can have, they can, you know, they can be part of that with you. And you can also start to, because really what that turns into is trust and giving up a little bit of control. And if the more you can start with the control and then gradually give it over, that tends to be what works for people. And I, I, I want to expand on that though. I can, before you do, mm-hmm. I just was going to build on that. It, you can also do what we talked about earlier about communication and saying and tuned into what the other person's into. When you get to places and you're keeping track of what, what they're responding with, you mm-hmm. will also find what they're into. Yes. But, but to expand on that, it's not just, that's not just for your sake and comfort. If you can take that, that hand and ex- help them explore your body, it can help them feel like they have permission to do that. I, I find a lot of chasers can be standoffish about exploring your entire body. Because they've been and, trained not to like fat, even by right. fat people. And then also goes into even verbal communication. Like, you know, if someone says, I love your stretch marks and you don't, you have stretch marks, you're uncomfortable with them. Someone share, expressing that is an extremely vulnerable moment for them because they know that that is something that they're not supposed to like. Mm-hmm. And I think having the patience and the warmth to realize that that's not easy for them, that it yeah. just seems like this, like this moment of objectification. Yeah. Because the chaser often doesn't get how you hear that. They think you're fat. You know that he likes fat. So it must be okay to say that. And and they don't get that you have a different listening for, wow, I love your stretch marks. They don't, they don't really, 
they don't understand a lot of chasers that you're not in the same place about that. Or it could be the polar opposite where they're so used to being told or, or just understanding that they should not ever mm-hmm. express attraction that they don't even know how to get to that point. Yeah. And so th- I think this is just like a good way to try and sort of slowly open those doors. And I, I just want to make sure we're not putting all of the weight of this issue on the chaser. I, I want to go back to what I said earlier. Chubby guys, when a chaser tells you he loves your stretch marks, I know how you're going to hear it, but take a moment and trust them. Believe them when they say it. That's that's part of your communication too. It, it's, you and have I, to listen. But yeah, And I get it's a mind fuck. It's like someone going up to you and going, mm-hmm. wow, I love how fucked up your face is. <laughs> you know, it, it, there's, there's this speed bump that the truck goes over when you hear something like that. But it really is meant sincerely. And can you get that your body is beautiful in, in ways that you never thought it could be beautiful? Absolutely. So sort of touching on the idea that sort of you can, as a chaser, you can be sort of, I guess, I don't know if trained is the right word, but you, there can be experiences with chubby guys, especially sort of early on when you don't really know what you're doing, where you do kind of get, you react and you sort of get trained to sort of not express yourself or not ask for what you want. And that's definitely been my journey. Um, and then sort of learning to undo that over time. And one of the things that I sort of discovered not so long ago, and Trevor, I can only get so wet. So thank you for just sort of throwing me out here. Um, Are you saying I make you wet? <laughs> uh, that did come out wrong. Didn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Look, it can be two things. Um, no, just the idea that there, I, for a long time, I was really unable to just go for what I wanted. Once I understood that it was okay, I still didn't do it. What, like, so for instance, if I'm really attracted to a guy's belly, it was, it was okay to touch and it was okay to sort of appreciate, but never to linger and never to focus and never to make it more than just, oh, that's nice. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, it oh, really, uh, it, you, yeah. have, you have lovely silverware. It, <laughs> it really felt like I couldn't sexualize any part of them that they were uncomfortable with even if they were comfortable with it, it, because that's in my head. And I've sort of, I had gone through this again, years of like reacting to certain experiences that I then had to undo. And I discovered recently, um, fold fucking or yeah. like belly fucking, like mm-hmm. just that sort of way of connecting and moving together. And, and there's so much to say about fold fucking, but I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. Uh, no, I just, I, I discovered that, I would say somewhat recently in the last few years and building on that with people who are comfortable, it has become very liberating, not just that specific act, but just sort of understanding my own hangups that I didn't even realize I had like, Oh, that's such a thing for me. What else is there that I'm just shutting off? Mm-hmm. And that was, that was liberating. And I, I want to say, so for anyone who's listening to this, who is not into it, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, we got a while to go. So you're in for a ride. Um, well, but you know, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. yeah you know, um, <laughs> we're here. We're but, fat. <laughs> but, so, you, you can't apologize for the roller coaster when they're on the roller coaster. <laughs> you signed up. For this. Yeah. Before a drop, please understand. Um, but so if you're, if you haven't had your folds fucked, fucked a fold, please maybe pause the podcast right now and find an appropriate partner to explore. Cause, um, I think it can be such a liberating experience for both the chub and the chaser. And to, I think, especially talking to the chubs, I think there are sensations that you pro like, if you haven't partaken in this, you haven't ex- 
experienced. And I think also for the chasers, I mean, in talking chasers through this, usually it's like, I mean, okay, like, I guess they're, you know, <laughs> this is me negotiating when they want anal and I'm, I'm not really into anal. Um, the realization of like, it's, you know, well, I like chocolate and I like peanut butter. You know, I like fucking and I like bellies. <laughs> and putting those two together. <laughs> what a time. Yeah. You got your belly in my fucking. Well, and, and a barometer I use because because uh, I, lo- I, I love fold fucking and it's really there, there can be a bit of a danger there for the chub feeling objectified because he can feel like I'm just using his fat. And a lot of ch- uh, chubs have been related to again the sort of belly with leg syndrome oh look that's something to fuck so you got to have a, a a technique that is not just about you fucking something mm-hmm. you know you keep the eye contact and in keeping the eye contact you're going to get a reaction from the guy of how it's going for them right yeah. are they feeling objectified are they do they look at you like you know a chub will you know, we'll, we'll have this look in his face like, what are you doing? Or, oh, my God, that feels amazing. And, and, and you use that to gauge how to how to take this. Absolutely. And I think there's there's a second thing you can do, which is pull him closer. Like mm-hmm. there's there, there's always a little bit closer that you can get or more intertwined. And trust me, it gets hotter and hotter. Absolutely. And if he's mm-hmm. feeling sort of left out, well, it's literally just your dick in his belly. Like yeah. pull him closer. Like, because it you will honestly, always get better because if it is really just your dick in his belly, you know, he, the fat guy doesn't need to be there for that. Yeah. You could have done that yourself with a, a towel. That's, I would say a dissatisfying experience. Yeah. And it, it, if you're the chaser who is guilty of this, you're cheating yourself too. Well, you don't, why involve another human being in a fantasy that doesn't involve them? Well, I'm closer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling very Margaret and, Mead right now. Close the door. <laughs> um, any other specifics that people want to throw out there? I mean, I, I feel like there's, there's I really feel like obvious we've covered stuff. a lot of yeah, territory. Right there's here. really obvious stuff that you don't need us for. Yeah. And the only other thing I'd say, and it kind of piggybacks on what Don said earlier is if you're the fat guy in this situation, we just said the word, we've just said fold fucking, I don't know how many times. And if you just hear it as fold fucking, you may be like, "Ooh, that sounds gross. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you, so if you, it's like tasting a food and they tell you it's, oh, I, I could never eat squid. Well, you've never tasted it. Have you? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people will judge the label without actually experience and therefore mm-hmm. cannot experience the sensation in the same way that if I tell you what the food is, you may not like it based on the name of it. Sure. Uh, speaking as a chubby guy, who's, I'm, I'm the exploring one. I am the one learning here. Um, I cautioned chasers earlier that chubby guys are not life support support systems for their bellies. Absolutely. But chubby guys, your belly is not a separate thing from you. Your belly is part of you. And so when you can accept that and you can accept that as part of your body, that is something that other people can take pleasure in. It will make this entire journey so much easier. So while the chasers shouldn't just live on the belly, yeah, fat guys don't deny your belly either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, and I, I have to say the responses that I've noticed in that specific thing, I thought were, I thought ha- were faked basically because the response on the chubs end was so positive. So overwhelmingly positive, kind of like what Trevor was saying, like it's such an experience and it, it, it for me kind of in the same way Don, where you're saying, don't trust, like tr- you have to believe the compliments. Mm-hmm. Like from my end, I was like, well, 
this is insulting. He's just faking it. Like, it's just, <laughs> like he, this, I'm barely doing anything. This, he felt so good. This couldn't possibly feel good for him because again, I'm sort of fighting my own prejudice. And mm. once you get through that, like, oh man, like you, you can have a ride. You can have a fun time. Yeah. And the other thing it can often be is if in a lot of chasers, well, chubs too, this idea that sex is anal fucking. Mm-hmm. And that if you haven't anal fucked, you haven't had sex. Right. Which to me is like saying that only steak is dinner. So did you have dinner? No, I had chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and a lot of people will say that, like, did you have sex? No, we didn't fuck. And right. Like, no, well, no, that's not, <laughs> you did not. Yeah. There's many varieties. All right. So let's get on to the next part of the question. Uh, let's see. Also, what are chasers favorite things about a chub and vice versa? That is, this is a, I think huge could, topic. I think yeah. We, I think we feel like we kind of covered. We, we, but, I mean, I could go on and on, and Michael could too. I'm sure. Yeah. When also, I feel well, like we've, chasers, we've talked about the chaser side as but, chubby guys. What but I mean, it? chase. I feel like that's like what kind of guys do you like? It's like <laughs> it's. I feel like well, such a personal. I I do have an answer for that that I I kind of given my in my book that chasers chasers do not see the world the way a garden variety chub does. Right. Like if you're a chubby guy and you're gay. You had all the same posters or fantasies in your bedroom that all the other a gay twinks had, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Chasers did not. Nope. So the thing that that really, I think, answers that best, because what you're really asking is, well, what's so sexy about fat or how do chasers see a world in which fat is attractive? And it really breaks down into two camps in my experience. And for gay men who are chasers, they see fat as masculinity, almost as masculine power. So you'll see images like John Goodman from Roseanne, who, you know, a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, chubs have had their ear talked off about like, oh, I love John Goodman. I love John. They, they got they went deaf hearing all these comparisons to John Goodman. Don, Don's nodding his head. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that is a very dominant gay male chubby chaser type. Uh, you could see it of uh, uh, Kevin James in King of Queens. And it's usually the bearded, uh, big blue collar belt buckle, belly over the belly over the belly over the belt for straight male chasers. The dominant type is that is actually female fat as feminine beauty. And so very voluptuous, very curvy, very soft. Now that can be inverted. They tend to be inverted. So I'm actually in the minority camp in the gay crowd, whereas I don't see fat as masculine power. I see it as masculine beauty. Yeah. I'm not into John Goodman. I'm into like, if you imagine like the sculpture of David, but 400 pounds, mm-hmm. like uh, the guy who is young and beautiful and voluptuous. And there is a kind of straight male chubby chaser, the minority who like the um, female power of being fat. So think of the, the, the German barmaid who can carry, you know, 12 steins in hand, <laughs> or the mm-hmm. Amazon, or there's a whole website mm-hmm. devoted to fat wonder woman. Right. So both of those camps, seeing fat as either power, you know, like feminine or masculine power, or seeing fat as feminine or masculine beauty is really how chasers of, of any gender organize their world. And they may have some crossover, they may have their types within that, but you can really see it in what they go for. Yeah. And if, in fact, when I read that, that was a light bulb moment for me. When I read your book years and years ago, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, that is so accurate. And it also explains... Like we, I think we talked about this previously, like the idea that it's not, it's not just like, oh yeah, I know a fat person. You're into them, right? Like, no, there's, there's, there is variety and there is difference and variation and people are different. And that 
clicked for me when I read it. I was like, because I'm in the same quote unquote camp as you. Like mm-hmm. I am much more into that idea of sort of beauty and softness um, and less into the overwhelming masculinity that that you would tend to see in like more bear types as well. Yeah, you see it. It crosses into the bear territory. It's why a lot of chubs find that they get more, they get some more action with gay men as they try to go farther into the bear camp. Mm-hmm. I call it the bear trap. The bear. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you get accurate. you get these really pristine, boyish, blubbery chubs who try to grow a beard because they think they'll get more play and they'll be more in the bear camp. And most people want to identify as brand bear more than they do as brand fat. Right. And it should also be said, for the record, not all bears are fat. There's a whole lot of bears who aren't fat, aren't oh, into sure. fat. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's not what being a bear actually yeah. means. It has a historical line other than that. It's been conflated. Okay, so what, what's the, the th- you had a third question, right? Yeah, so the next part of this question is basically like, do you think the ratio of chubs to chasers is really that big, or is it another reason? As I, as I don't see many chasers out there, but plenty of chubs who like chasers. In my experience, it is an accurate statement to say that there are more chasers than there are chubs. But I would also say that the ratio is not necessarily the one that, it's not necessarily as broad as you think. Uh, we've already discussed before the concept of chasers having to come out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been, I'm embarrassed to admit how many guys I've been with that would not go out in public with me. Like, yep. I, I know mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have dinner with me. We wouldn't go to the movies. Like every time we hung out, it was somewhere private. Um, and it came to me years later, like, oh, he didn't want to be seen with a fat guy. So people, a lot of people out there have a preference that will not show up on the visible ratio that you see on say a bigger city or a growler. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's also, you're absolutely right. There are definitely chasers out there who have shame issues. However, there's also a lot of, let's call them crypto chasers. They don't even know themselves that they're a chubby chaser. They really don't know themselves. And so they're not on a site like bigger city. All they know is that when they see your profile come up, they're like, Oh, That's kind of hot. And they don't identify as a chaser. They just know that your fat body is kind of hot. And they don't even know what to do about that. It's like, I didn't know it came in that flavor because all all their friends, (laughs) all their friends are a particular size or they, you know, you know, as a gay man, you know, there's the guys you're supposed to date, but all of a sudden in the privacy of your own palm and your iPhone or whatever, you're looking at this really hot fat guy and you're like, oh, and then you got to make a decision about that. And then sometimes the shame issues do come up. Like, can we just go to your place or not? They're like, Hey, we should go out to dinner. And you say to them, Oh wow. Well, you must be a Chevy chase. And they're like, what's that? They've literally never heard mm-hmm. of it. it. They're, they're undisclosed. Mm-hmm. The other thing is if you go to Europe, the, the, the ratio is actually reversed. Oh, there aren't that many fat guys in Europe compared to the number of guys who are into fat guys. Now the Europeans are going to disagree with me because they're going like, no, no, but if you're an American chub and you go to Europe, you will be astonished by how much play you get. See you boys. I'm heading to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, you know, and different countries and different peoples have their preferences opposed to all that stuff, but it's really amazing to see that ratio flip. But as you say, it, I think the ratio is closer than we think it is, but so many chasers are in the closet or just don't identify. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think we're at the last part of this question. No, no, no. Yep, that's it. We, we, we got that one. We did it. <laughs> 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 uh, 
All right. So, Dan, do you want to take us into question number five? I can't believe this has only been five questions. Technically, (laughs) It feels like a lot more. Well, because they're they're really deep and they're multi-part. That's true. And we talk like crazy. (laughs) We blab. Okay, so uh, the person says, I recently came out as a chaser to some friends and it's been so freeing, especially since I've been seeing two guys at the same time with guy one. The chemistry has been unlike anything I've experienced, but I'm afraid he isn't really ready for something serious because he got out of a five year relationship last year. I want to respect where he's coming from, but it's been a while now, five months, and I'm starting to have legit feelings for him. Guy two, on the other hand, is very sweet and seems to have more of his shit together, but I can't help but feel more attracted to guy one. Is there ever a good time to address this? How do I approach guy one with my feelings? Or do I continue to see where things go with guy two? Long story short, help. Thank you. (laughs) So when we got this, my first question is like, do guy one and guy two know? That there's guy one and guy two? I would assume not. I, I would assume not as well. Um, and remember, this is a listener of our show. I know. I'm so just, I was kind of to... like, just, I was just kind of like, I don't know. Well, in my experience of this, when I coach guys through romantic stuff, it's almost like you, you know, your, your attention is absolutely on guy one, whoever that is. Yes. Yeah. Attention is definitely on guy one, but you're scared of the rejection, which is why you know you're so into guy one. Because if he says no, or he says maybe, like, you know, ask again later, like the magic eight ball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If he says ask again later, you're going to have feelings around that. So it's not that you're starting to have feelings. You have feelings. And it's in the question. He says, and I I hope this is written correctly, because this is how we're going to interpret it. Um, He says, I'm afraid he isn't ready. Not Mm -hmm. that he has said he isn't ready, but it's it's, it's kind of in you. It's on Mm -hmm. you to determine whether or not you need to bring this up because it Dan's right. It does sound like you are really enamored with guy one. And here, and then, and here's the other, the second part of that to me, guy two cannot compete with the, the admiration that's going on with guy one. So and guy two have is, to, and shouldn't have yeah, to, but he's never going to, he's never going to show up as the right guy. It's not like, it's not like, Oh, if you spend more time with guy, that's not going to happen because guy one's still in the picture. Yeah. You're yeah. It's sort of looking at it a little backwards, like looking at what's going to make a long term lasting relationship. Well, you can't, nobody can predict that. Right. You just have mm-hmm. to go where your heart goes. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this guy two is never going to win this because you've already delegated him to second place. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's if you want to boil and it down. Guy two deserves better to than to be absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Like and honestly, that, like, if if he thinks you're he's in a monogamous relationship with you, or thinks that you're seriously dating and you know you're not, you're doing a huge disservice to somebody that you've already acknowledged is a really great guy, and that's not fair. So mm-hmm. just to because again, we are speaking directly to a listener. It's it's a little bit of tough love here. Like, yeah. but I think ultimately we would push you to make a decision. And go one direction or the other. I think what needs to happen here is there needs to be a conversation with guy one. Like, how are we doing? How are you feeling? Like, actually have that conversation. And it may be, it may not go well, but you need to know that. And even if you did just drop guy one and go with guy two without that conversation, you will always look back. You'll always wonder what if. Yeah. All right. So, Trevor, question number six. I've started dating a great guy and it's actually been a while since I dated anyone. But as a chub, I think I still have some insecurities about my body, especially when he and I get physical. It's almost like I'm a virgin all over again. Haha. Do I bring this up to him? How can I get over this? I think this is a great place to use that exercise I recommended earlier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My brain goes to a slightly different place when I read this, where I'm assuming your first thought when you're saying I'm like a virgin all over again, it sounds like you think that's a negative thing. 
Mm. Does it have to be? Re-exploring, rediscovering. If you can switch that perspective from the fear of being a virgin to the excitement of being a virgin. That's brilliant. Yeah. Embrace that every bit of discomfort that leads to a wonderful new experience that you'd forgotten. This is a wonderful opportunity to learn all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And the other reason I like that is that it, there's a lot of should in this question. Like I shouldn't be uncomfortable. I should be better than this. I should be prepared Mm. for this. And when you take the approach that you're recommending, Don, it really takes should off the table. And it's like, oh, wow, this is new. And I don't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. And that can be fun. That can be actually be exciting. It sounds like maybe you're putting some pressure on yourself to have it all figured out. And maybe you're feeling like a lack of confidence. Um, But I think if you've been with this guy and I happen to know he's been with him for about three months now, like he's, he's on board. He's on board with you. And yeah, maybe just sort of relaxing into the idea Mm -hmm. that it can feel new and you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, That can actually be a fun way to explore. And Mm -hmm. a little bit of adrenaline while you're dipping your feet into the water can be a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Don, we've already said fucking an anal on the show. You don't have to use euphemisms. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. If you're diving back into that sphincter for the first time in a couple of years. When you're making dive hard. (laughs) Well, and it doesn't even have to be the sphincter. Just saying. (laughs) You're diving in headfirst into those (laughs) folds. Just have a safe word. Because you can get hard to breathe. (laughs) Again, what it comes back to is nothing you're feeling is wrong. Nothing you're feeling is wrong. And there's no shame in what you're feeling at all. It's just turning your perspective and turning that thing that's making you nervous into something that is going to be fantastic. That's all. And I think it's also a good sign because it means the Mm -hmm. fear means that there's something there. And I think it means you're invested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you fear is a good thing because it's kind of you exploring what you want. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, And I actually... I mean, for my style of lovemaking, I really en- enjoy someone like this who wants to be, who wants to be shown, who wants to be said, who wants to be taken to Disneyland for the first time. <laughs> like, what a great thing. If you've, ever, if you've ever taken someone to a movie that you love and they've never seen or to Disneyland, but they've never been, and you get to be the ambassador for that. For me, I really like that. I get that other people don't have the patience for that or are like, oh, oh, he's a virgin. I would never want, I, that's not me. I, yeah. I don't know where Michael, I don't know where you come down. No, I, I'm in the same place like it it can be a really it can be almost like a built-in role to fill like oh you're nervous let me be the person to make you less nervous like i can provide for you a thing that you need right now and that builds a connection instantly and i think it's just inherent in being a chaser it's my job to make you feel amazing just like Disneyland. Just like Disneyland. Just ex- I, exactly. I can, ride the Matterhorn, I, exactly boys. like Disneyland. I can confirm that uh, having sex with Dan is like going to Disneyland. <laughs> I highly advise purchasing an annual pass. <laughs> so you can go back thank as you, often as you want. I hear the price keeps going up. Yeah. And they have like, they have uh, peak days. Now tell me about that. <laughs> I heard they're blackout days. Yeah. They're blackout days. Yeah. Like, look. I'm I, only one man. I need a rest. If I'm going to be investing, I just want to know. If you want to go to Galaxy's Edge, you have to schedule that in advance online that's true Dan, you know, Dan just so you know i'm i'm not particularly interested in going to disneyland with you <laughs> that's all right i that's know it. you know the park well <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess i'm uh bringing us home with our last question of this epic two-part episode um and we're very straightforward here i'd love to date but i don't know where all those chasers are hiding under rocks 
Teach them. To, <laughs> teach me to find them. Are they in my local Lululemon? Are they at my Trader Joe's? Where are oh, they? Yeah. Please. God, it's a great question. Such They're a great question. Everywhere. They are. They are everywhere. But like I said, sometimes they are hiding or they don't know as we've talked about mm-hmm. before they don't know they're chasers they just know that you're kind of cute yeah well i mean we referenced the apps a little bit a little um, bit but i think also it kind of depends on what you're looking for Definitely. and where you are but what um, are the names of the popular apps that are good for chubbier guys or chasers uh so Let's i would say um so bigger city but yeah uh chaseable uh growler is a good option um do you like scruff Scruff is okay. Um, Scruff used to be better, but it's kind of become like the new grinder because, you know, the mm. the mask bearish yeah. thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is more popular. But I find that actually, depending on where you are, Scruff and grinder can be good. I think especially if you are like, I think for super chubs, just because it is, there's an untapped market there and you are bound to find your customers if you are a yeah, super chub absolutely. on grinder or Scruff. Especially if you give away samples. Yeah. Um, it which, is, are, which are pictures. And I think that's where you find, <laughs> like, you know, there. the guys like Dan was talking about, like, we're like, huh, like, I didn't know they had purple sweet potato ice cream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know guys came in that size. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and now I know then the follow up question probably is going to be, well, if I put myself on, a, on an app that isn't necessarily quote unquote for me, what, what happens when I'm getting negative feedback? What happens when I'm. So you will get trolled and. I have dealt with this and it's interesting because sometimes you'll get trolled and then they'll just immediately block you. So it'll like be like someone driving by shouting something and then it's just like, Oh, and it's gone. Okay. But I find the most common thing, especially on like, like grinders concern trolling and like, you're mm. so handsome, but why are you so unhealthy? And like, aren't you afraid you're going to die young? And like, what about, you know, it's like, and it's coming from a place of love. It's like, <laughs> bullshit. If you were coming from a place of love, you would not start harassing some stranger on an app where they're just trying to get some strange. Um, <laughs> <it's>, well <put. laughs> and I have engaged with this before, but it's like, I mean, I would just block them and move on. Um, and, and you know, it, it's how you would deal with any troll. It really doesn't. Again, a lot of the stuff that people, the fat people bring up about being fat, you can find in a lot of other places. So trolls in general, there are trolls in the world and there are people who troll fat people. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, how do you want to deal with a troll? Do you want to just ignore them? Do you want to play with them for your own amusement? Like a cat toy? Uh, You can. Mm -hmm. I would say the other thing that's missing is, you know. I have tried to cruise chubs. It is very difficult because most chubs feel like if, if they're getting attention, it must be negative. I, yeah, my default, if I get approached by someone, uh, not through a app, something where they're clearly labeled as a chaser Mm -hmm. that is going to be physically interested in me. I immediately get suspicious, right? Like right. You, you want my money, <laughs> you so, want my connections. So I don't know what you want. One of the, so in answer to your question, like, are they at your Trader Joe's? Are they at the, at the grocery store? Are they at the bar? The answer is yes. But another question that's more useful is, are you available for it? I know I have tried to, you know, the, the first thing that you try to do if you want to assess someone's interest across a room is you try to establish eye contact. I will tell you from personal experience, chubs are notorious for not returning eye contact. If I look at a fat guy and smile, I will not get return eye contact. I don't mean they look at me and look away. I mean, they never look at me in the first place. 
It is impossible to cruise without eye contact. So if you're wondering where they are, look up, see who's looking at you. Do not assume that if they're looking at you, they hate you. They could actually be trying to figure out how to ask you on a date. And believe me, chasers are no better at asking you on a date than you are at asking them on a date. <laughs> it just seems to be more our job than your job, which, as I've said in other episodes, is understandable. So I have a question for you because I have actually, to my knowledge, never connected with somebody that way before. Mm -hmm. It's always been online or through a friend where we, we already know what's up. How how likely is that to actually happen, like out in the world? Happens, I've had it happen to me many times. Okay. Yeah. You I, just have to do it. I, I will say that I have had that experience where I, I've ended up being with somebody that I met on the street or more often through classes or that sort of thing. Uh, some sort of social lubricant between us. Um, but I will be honest, they had to be pretty direct with me. Yeah. Like yeah. we were hanging out. We were friends as far as I knew. I had no, like, I had no concept because you had, taken, you had taken sexuality off the table. I had because, and you know, it, and it, it, I don't want to be dismissive of, of that experience because when you get told by so many different sources so often that you are not a sexual being, it can be hard to, you have to carry that weight yourself for so long. It can be exhausting, but honestly, it's the confidence that's going to get you where you want to go. If you lack the confidence in yourself, you're, you're kind of going to get stuck in that loop of the same experience over and over again. Yeah. If you assume you'll never get sex, you will never get sex. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of getting sex, oh. <laughs> I want to uh, plug if so, if, you know, we're talking about the apps, we're talking about encounters in the wild, but kind of if you want the best of both worlds, uh, this summer, there's an event in New Orleans oh, yes. during Ooh. Southern Decadence called the Big Bayou. Ah, yes. I'll, actually, I'll actually be leading two seminars at that. Um, Excellent. It's September 1st through 7th. It's, um, we know the organizers, they're lovely. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, the event, if you want to check out information about it, it's thebigbayou.com. I'm hoping to be able to go this year. Yeah. We'll there's see. a, ooh, you can, maybe we'll do a, a meet a special. And greet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about like a special New Orleans episode. I mean, we could, but I was also just thinking like, you know, you are always looking for ways to pimp me out. <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's what the people want, Michael. It's, it's <laughs> your mother instincts. Yeah. Um, but it's, it should be a lot of fun. Um, I love New Orleans. I love events. Uh, whenever there is an event in New Orleans, it's, uh, you know, humid, but fun. I mean, we should, I know maybe sometime we'll do an episode or a segment on Chuck Chaser events, events and, and how to choose one. Oh, there's several. Yeah. We could dig into that. Uh, for sure. There's lots to say. I won't do it here. So I think that's uh, the end of the Valentine's bit after two solid episodes of really lovely advice that you. Well, the, the Valentine's special isn't over because <gasps> I have. Did you bring something? I have. Uh, it's a lovely. A, I'm lovely holding a heart shaped box As of the, chocolates. Oh. Um, that contains a special Valentine's bit, which I will. Uh, let Don open. I'm, I'm oh, so excited. He's passing the box around the room. Ooh, I am holding a lovely padded heart shaped box decorated with a ribbon. I'm pulling it open now. Oh my God, this is hard inside. In oh my goodness. It is the Chocoholic Diet Book <laughs> by <laughs> Sally Ann Voke. And I, I will share the cover. I think this will be a, the, the image for our part two because <laughs> it is so insane. Um, Can I see? It is, let me just read one of the quotes from the yes. back here. A couple of these amazing eat chocolate and really lose weight <laughs> this is the only diet plan that has really worked for me i ate chocolate and still lost 20 pounds jesus brilliant <laughs> this diet has changed my life so this is a british diet book 
Oh, she looks so happy yeah. to serve you those chocolates. Um, but so Sally Envoke is the author and she there. The, the opening is a, uh, what is a chocoholic? And I'll have Dan Dan read. What is a chocoholic? Okay. And, and, and Trevor instructed me to read it in the following fashion. <clears throat> what is a chocoholic? The word chocoholic trips smoothly off the tongue, just like creamy peppermint filling of a dark, crunchy after dinner mint. But what does the term really mean? Chocoholism is often mentioned in advertisements to promote confectionery and is used glibly by reed-thin models who might eat a bar of chocolate once a week. Please take alcoholism seriously, but chocoholism is just an amusing term to describe weak-willed people who can't resist the occasional pig-out on chocolate. If this is true, why are so many people unable to control their insatiable craving for it, and why do they long to reduce their chocolate intake? Frankly, for millions of serious chocolate addicts, there is nothing amusing about chocoholism. Just like the addiction to any drug, and chocolate could almost be described as a drug for it contains chemicals which can affect the body and brain, chocolate addiction takes over your life. The few moments of pleasure you enjoy as you eat that bag full of chocolate truffles, milky bar, or tube of chocolate-covered caramels are quickly forgotten as you pay the awful price of guilt, self-disgust, and an overwhelming desire for another fix. Chocolate can become as irresistible as sex, as habit-forming as smoking, and as difficult to give up as both. I know I have personally struggled with my addiction to chocolate. <laughs> um, but so basically... The book kind of talks about um, behavioral stuff with being uh, addicted to chocolate. Um, there is a quiz. <laughs> I love the expression on Don's face right now of the utter, <laughs> utter incomprehension and slightly aghast. Uh, I, I don't know what to say to this. It, would you call it bafflement? <laughs> yes, I am. I am chocolate baffled. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's a whole lot of nonsense. It's basically just a any other diet telling you to eat less and you know you can you start off cutting chocolate out of your diet but you gradually incorporate it i mean it's calorie counting um but just the tone of it whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so when we talk about alcoholism sorry when she talks about alcoholism and she mentions it usually when alcoholics talk about recovering from alcoholism there's no like well, you can work it back into your life after a while and start drinking again. Well, she's already established anyone who eats chocolate is weak-willed. Well, the, the, the whole model with food addiction is suspect because you can give up alcohol. You can give up cigarettes. You cannot give up food. And so they reduce it to giving up trigger foods, so-called. Mm -hmm. But then reintroducing it back into your diet yes. and eating more of it. Well, um, someone lost 10 pounds eating the chocolate. That's <laughs> <laughs> not how isms work. Yeah. But there, So there's a quiz to help you identify if you're a chocolate alcoholic which oh, I, I love the oh. first question because it's are you eating chocolate while doing this quiz <laughs> <laughs> is that that's question number one yes okay. um, <laughs> i mean it's i'm not going to read you all the questions but it's just basically it's do you sneak chocolate do you hide chocolate around the house well and i mean i'm sure do it could you, be said that there must be some people who do this yes but i think it's just so like there so there are food addictions there are you know, binge eating disorders, but to treat chocolate like alcohol or another drug is just, it's not. So a you're good saying look. chocolate isn't the same kind of experience as doing meth? No. Are you sure? Because <laughs> I mean, I haven't tried meth I mean, people before, but if it's just like chocolate, I, I, that explains I why I can't get it lit. 
<laughs> I have in meth is nothing like chocolate. Okay. <laughs> um, there's uh, swaps for chalks. So, you know, different ways to like an incident where it's like, so you oversleep and you grab some cho- a tube of chocolate caramels, which once again, this is such a British thing. Cause it's like, there's all these weird specific chocolate things that I'm like, I don't know this. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't grab yeah. that. I could not grab that in America. Um, but instead of having, you know, chocolate in the morning when you need a little energy fix after oversleeping, fix yourself a salad sandwich to have. Oh, on please, God, please, please tell me she does not say a salad sandwich. No, it is a salad sandwich, which I don't remember exactly what it is. We saw it in um, wow. one of our British mystery shows. That's but what what how how <clears throat> salad sandwich thing how is that's almost like saying you know to give up smoking when you have that urge to take that first cigarette hit yourself in the head (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm I'm still stuck on what the fuck a salad sandwich is (laughs) (laughs) it's basically like lettuce tomato and cheese i think where's the salad the the lettuce and tomato oh i'm sorry tomato (laughs) tomato Um, chapter five uh (laughs) chalks away talks about uh well-known chocoholics such as share um (laughs) Nina oh, does Cher have a segment in the book? Yes. What? Well, no, it's, uh, it, it, she talks to, uh, Cher's, uh, nutritional advisor. Oh. Um, but Cher, Nina Moscow, Lulu, who's a, a singer, oh. uh, Judge James Pickles. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, I'm guessing this is a British celebrity. And Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, yes. Well, that's what made her eyes purple. Um, I have some before and after pictures from the book that oh, uh, once again, I'll share. And if you would like to see these, because this is an auditory medium, you can find oh, them, I'll on put the them on our Instagram and on the website. I feel like I should confess in my bag right now. I have a hypodermic needle filled with Hershey's chocolate syrup. Damn. I may have a problem. You do. Share it. You do. Hershey's is terrible. <laughs> well, you know, after that first week, you get a chocolate coin. <laughs> to show. My, my issue with it is it is the just kind of typical, like, diet book where it's like you know the the calories in calories out and it doesn't you know it's just the the stop eating bad food diet yeah and Mm -hmm. or just you know the like micromanage yourself on such a level where Mm -hmm. it's not it's don't eat a uh a pillowcase full of twirly whirlies and fizzle witsits and uh, whose bottoms caramel yeah caramel i want to know what these twirly whirlies are now like, <laughs> so a twirly whirly is a wait wait you're serious you didn't make that twirly up? whirly is a real one. Oh my god um Rest i sometimes nice. make up british <laughs> snack food he's very good and i can't distinguish them um it's like a, like drizzled chocolate so it's kind of like a uh you have a phone everyone has phones look up <laughs> <laughs> google twirly whirly and you'll get a picture I mean, um, twirly whirly um, candy, maybe, because that could be several things. I mean, it's I think our British listeners are like just so frustrated. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> it's a bloody twirly whirly. You can go down to the market and get one. Um, they're going to hit you with those twirly. We're going to get so many twirly whirlies in the mail. Yeah, that's please. Like, please see, they're send, send the, twirly whirlies too. the problem is the twirly whirlies are going to melt and they're not going to look like a twirly whirly anymore. <laughs> look, they don't taste the same. If you want to send us anything to fuel our chocoholism um perhaps <laughs> the spirit a, of valentine's day a box of chocohol <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible all right well i think that's our show for the week the second show for the yeah. week um mm-hmm. which has uh, been quite a ride i learned a few things uh hopefully you guys did too Go um, out, get some twirly whirlies, fuck some folds, <laughs> fuck some folds, maybe <laughs> oh with the twirly ones. Yeah. Like, 
Hey, like mix can, it up a little. You can have it all. You can. <laughs> um, Trevor, do you want to give us a social media quick? Yeah, quick? Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as uh, at Big Fat Gay Pod, and you can see uh, all of the stuff we talked about on <laughs> www.bigfatgaypod.com. Sounds good to me. And if you're listening in the car, there's, there's someone, someone behind, behind you, and they love you. <gasps> oh. But still look out. Yeah.